said, live in the spirit. Let us now, let us also walk in the spirit. Amen. Thank God the spirit of God produces these fruit of the spirit because in our flesh, we have that, what I would say, that me, that me, myself, and I mentality. People that have that me, myself, and I mentality are people that live out of their flesh. They, they live out of their soulish man, amen? But we know the word of God tells us in, in Galatians 5, it, again, it says these are the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and kindness. Somebody say kindness. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about kindness tonight. Kindness means being friendly. It means being generous. It, it means being considerate. It means being pleasant. Amen. Matter of fact, I was looking. I accidentally stumbled up on this site today. Um, and, it, and, I, and I encourage you to check it out. It, it, it talks about uh, five side effects of kindness. So there's five side effects of, of kindness. And this was done by a doctor named Dr. Uh, David R. Hamilton. You feel, feel free to Google him. And um, I'm going to give it to you. We're going to get in the spirit in a minute, but I'm going to give you what he was able to prove through science when we operate in the spirit of kindness. It kindness makes us happier. We feel good. Amen. When, when kindness makes us happier, uh, 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 can I get a witness up in here? When you're, when you're kind, it just makes you happy. Amen. You, we feel good. Amen. And uh, 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 matter of fact, when you, when you um, operate in the spirit of kindness, it even releases endorphins. It talks about. Amen. This guy's uh, uh, Dr. Uh, David uh, R. Hamilton breaks that down. If, if you, again, you can go and Google him. And then also, Another side effect, not only uh, kindness makes us happier, but kindness gives us a healthier heart, our healthier hearts. When we operate in the spirit of kindness, it even makes our heart better. You ever just know somebody, they just mean? They wonder why they can't get a breakthrough, a breakthrough, because you mean. Meanness is just oozing out of your pores. You know what I'm saying? So, so kindness gives us a, a healthier uh, heart. Also, it reduces blood pressure. My God in heaven. Boy, we need kindness to just drip all over us. Lord, just drench us with your kindness. Amen? Because why? It reduces uh, even blood pressure. And then the, everybody going to take off and run when they hear this one. Number three. Kind, one of the side effects of kindness is slows aging. When I read that today, I'm about to be nice to everybody. I might even be nice to the devil. How many you know the devil is a lie? <laughs> How you doing, devil? Come on, we're not going, no. No, 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 we're going to stick to our guns on that one. We're going to continue to say, I bind you, Satan. I rebuke you in the name of <laughs> But isn't that interesting that kindness slows aging? My God in heaven, we need to have a prayer line. Lord, just, so next time you get ready to go ham on somebody, you're going to be like, wait a minute. The new 50 is 30. I can't flip out right now. I don't want the new 50 to be 70. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 
So the five side effects of kindness, number one is kindness makes us happier. Kindness gives us a healthier heart. Kindness slows aging. Kindness makes for better relationships. Matter of fact, you, how many single folk I got in here? Remember I talked about how, you know, I said, how many of y'all waiting for the whole package? And everybody hand went up. I said, you, he ain't coming. Because nobody has the whole package. But let me tell you something. Those of you that are believing God for a husband or a wife, you better make sure they'd have that attribute called kindness. Amen? Hallelujah. You might want to just, when you're having dinner with them, accidentally kick them under the table. <laughs> See if he's still going to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last one is this I like this one one of the other five side effects of kindness kindness is contagious when I believe it's important that we link up with people that are just kind amen because what's on them will get on you I believe you come the, uh, you, you literally become a portion of the people that you run with I always say who you run with is a, a prophecy of your future, amen? So it's important to run around to get connected to people that you know that are kind, people that are what? Friendly, that are generous, that are considerate, pleasant, and concerned, amen? Hallelujah. So those are some of the, the uh, uh, five side effects, again, by uh, David, uh, Dr. David R. Hamilton, amen? He even breaks it down even more in depth, these five things. I'm just kind of brushing over them. So again, kindness makes, ha makes us happier. It, it gives us a health healthier hearts. It, it, it slows aging. It makes us, uh, it, it kindness makes for better relationships. And again, the last one is kindness is contagious. But also, um, let's, let's get into this. These are the five different things that God has given me tonight that I want to share with you that kindness produces. Kindness produces. Kindness produces salvations and rededications. You know, it's interesting. There's a statistic that was out years ago. I'm sure that by now, maybe the numbers have changed. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll Google it later tonight or tomorrow. But there was a statistic that was out years ago, probably about 12, 13 years ago. And it talked about how when people uh, join a church, amen, that 85% of the people who said they joined the church, that they didn't do it based on the pastor, that they did it based on the people in the congregation. Their whole thing was, okay, that was a great word. Praise team was phenomenal. But in actuality, they're looking at, man, was the usher nice? Was the greeter nice? Well, the people, the section that I, I sat in, were they kind to me? Amen? Because you know how we live in a day and time now where people are so fickle. Sometimes it don't take much to rub people the wrong way. But that's why it's so important that even as a church that we operate in the spirit of kindness. That again, that we're friendly, that we're generous, that we're considerate. That's why I remember I made the comment when we were having church in the cafeteria years ago and there was a gentleman with a hat on and the ushers were surrounding him and trying to get this man to take his hat off and I finally told the ushers, leave that man alone. I'm just happy that he, was, he came to church. The bottom line is that we trying to get this man saved and if he walked down here with a hat on and get saved, mission accomplished. You, you understand what I'm saying? Anybody getting a little older and, and you learning how to pick your fights? Remember when you was in your 20s and your 30s, we just pick a fight. Now I'm just certain things, I'm, I'm, for, I'm almost 45. I ain't got time to be sitting around trying to pick a fight. It's something, oh, you want to do that? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. 
because you know, only got one teenager left now. So he asked to go, so well, okay, all right, we're back in the day. Where are you going when you're coming home? Uh, who are you going to be with? Now it's like, oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Y'all pray for pastor. <laughs> anyway, you got to learn how to pick your fights. Amen. Amen. So, um, you know, I, let me give you, uh, let, me, let me even share. There was times where my wife has a bad habit of leaving on lights. I pray she even turned the light off in the closet when we left. I, I, I got, see, I got a witness in the back. They yelling all the way from the booth, Pastor. I, I, I'm feeling you. So she has a bad habit of leaving lights on. Where I would pick fights with her. What, what's the problem? Why you can't turn the light off? What's so hard about when you find your shoes? Just hit the switch on your way out. I don't want to come home after church. We've been at church from 7.30 to 2 o'clock. We walk in the house and the light and the, and the closet on. That's costing me money. When we would fight tooth and nail, and, well, I forgot it. Why you can't be not? Now I don't even go there. There's just almost an expectation. So I just, when I see it all, just whoop. I'm not fighting no more. We've been together 26 years. If you ain't caught it by now, you just ain't going to get it. I got any men in here, you just got that one. You're like, I ain't even going to go there no more. Because I know I ain't going to even win. <laughs> go to Jeremiah 31 and 3. Jeremiah 31 and 3. The Lord has uh, uh, appeared of old to me saying, yes, I, I, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with love and loving kindness, somebody say kindness, I have drawn you. When, when there's a spirit of kindness on that house, I believe there's a mantle of God's kindness that rests on this ministry Anytime a ministry that get the three nine hundred and fifty eight people have already joined the church this year, and then uh, uh, let's give God praise for that. Amen. We bless God. Amen. Hallelujah. You 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 add up adults and, and children. We're eleven, I think, maybe even punch, maybe getting close to twelve hundred salvation dedications. Again, that's what's going on here in this sanctuary, and even upstairs with the teenagers and the children. Now you got to remember, last year was probably, but not probably, last year was our worst year ever as far as uh, membership. 950 joined the whole year. And, 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 and some people say, that was your worst year? Some pastors like, man, if I can get 20 to join my church in a year, mission accomplished. And that was the first time ever in the Kingdom in the Valley history that we fell under 1,000 people that didn't join our church. So, but here we are, we've already surpassed last year's number, and we still got one Sunday left in September. And we still got all of October, all of November, and all of December. So there's no telling them where that number's going to be by the time the year is up. But my point bringing that up, a lot of that has to do because people are not, 958 people are not going to walk down to an altar if there's not a spirit of kindness in the house. Amen? Hallelujah. And let me drop something on you real quick. That kindness comes from you because you are the church. That kindness is not in the walls. 
You understand what I'm saying? That kindness rests upon the people because if people coming in here and they're saying, you know what, man, this is a good place. The people are, are great. They're friendly. They're considerate. They, and there's not a spirit of weird on the church. Anybody ever been to a church and it was a spirit of weird? you like, oh, first time coming here, last time coming here. Anybody been in the church shopping season? I didn't been to some of them places. Like, I can't come to spirit of weird. Because it starts from the head and then it flows to the congregation. Because I believe what's on that man of God is what's going to be on the people. Straight up. Amen. It starts from here. Amen. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, kindness kindness produces salvations and rededications. Again, by love and kindness is how people, so anytime you see somebody coming down, you better believe that kindness has something to do with that. Amen. And it says love and kindness. Of course, of course, it's combined. Amen. Because you need to have the two. Amen. But at the end of the day, we're talking about kindness. Kindness produces salvations and rededications. Uh, uh, uh. Now, go to, go to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19 and 17. Look at this. Because my second point is this, is that kindness produces payback. Somebody say payback. Look at this real quick. It says, he who has pity or kindness on the poor he lends to the Lord and he will pay back somebody say pay back what he has given that's a blessing that when you give when you when you when you when you when you when he has have pity on the poor and he you you literally are giving to the Lord when you give to the poor and then it says and he will somebody say he will pay back what you have given so remember that kindness produces payback now listen let me drop something on you real quick you're not giving to the poor looking for your payback you're doing that because you're friendly you're considerate you see this person in the jam you see them in the situation can I get a witness and then you give to them but you're not giving see we need to learn how to, to give because we love God and not give to get. Now when you give, you're gonna get. It's coming back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, amen? My favorite part in Malachi chapter three is not he says I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. My favorite part is he says he's gonna rebuke the devourer. Anybody in this building know that God has rebuked some stuff in your life because of your tithe, because of your offering. Really, it's not because of your tithe and your offering. It's because you've been obedient to God because more than your money, God wants your obedience. And when we learn how to be obedient, God said, I will rebuke the devourer which means the seed eater, amen? Because the enemy wants to eat away at your finances. He wants to eat away at your peace. He wants to eat away at your joy. He said, but if you give to me, I will rebuke the devourer. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Somebody scream payback. Payback. Put that scripture up one more time. It says, he who has pity or he that has uh, 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 kindness on the poor, he lends to the Lord. You're literally giving whatever you gave to that poor person that's uh, struggling. You literally just gave to God. And so you got to remember the book of Hebrews says we entertain angels unaware. Unaware. So sometimes you don't know, man. 
God sent an angel and see, here it is. You see this person, you know, just in a bad position. And God's like, put it on your heart to be a blessing to them. Shoot, I done took so many homeless folk. I don't give them money no more unless the Holy Spirit lead me. What I'll do is take them right there, get you a hot dog, get you some chips, go get you an icy. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, you can go get you some donuts right over there. Amen. Because I remember one time I got hustled. This man lied to me and my wife, said that he was trying to get to California. So I gave him $20, and I'm over here pumping my gas. And then he told my man, he's going to tell the next person that came in, I need $5 to get to Scottsdale. Now, you just told me. And I just, I, I just blew it off, y'all. And I kept pumping my gas. And then I had to go in the store to get my USA Today and Arizona Republic. Then the third car pulled up. He told them, I'm going to Tempe. I went off. Can I get a witness, baby? Even Ira was like, what is dad doing? Put up Proverbs 27 and 5. Y'all know I got a scripture for everything. Put, put Proverbs 27 and 5 up. Uh, put that up in the King James Version. The King James Version got some more onto it. An open rebuke is better than secret love. I rebuke him at the gas station. It didn't say you got to rebuke him in the church. I rebuked him at the gas station, told him you wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. And then I hit him with that Galatians 4, 16, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Because nobody else would, would have the boldness to come at him like that. You up here trying to hustle people, amen? Now, God's still going to bless you because you lend to the poor. But still, at the end of the day, man, that don't feel good when you know somebody just... Almost said something, but praise him. Hallelujah. I got, I got scripture for that too. James 1.19, be slow to speak. Quick to hear. And I didn't cuss him out or nothing like that, but I told him about himself. Because you sitting up there hustling people. Taking the, oh, 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 thank you, Holy Ghost. Taking people's kindness for weakness. Sometimes we need to stand up to these folk. Come on, y'all got some relatives. You need to stand up to them and say, I've been giving to you a whole lot. When are you going to go get a job? Y'all want me to give you some more scripture? Go to 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10. 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. And a commandment means instructed you. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. You know, it's interesting. Remember, Jesus said the poor will always be with us. You know what? I've come to the conclusion. The reason why Jesus said that is because that's by choice. Amen. Anybody ever been the working poor? Tithing, paying your bills, and then you just got just enough to even get through the week. You, it's Wednesday. You shit out of shit. Praying to God that tomorrow was Friday. No, you got to get through Thursday. And you know them kids going to come out, to come, come in talking about they hungry. My wife would get in there and make it happen, though, boy. Listen, sometimes we had to do some spaghetti, but not no sauce, but butter. Anybody been there before? I'm talking about when the jelly then ran out, you got to get the peanut butter and some syrup. And... Oh, y'all ain't, y'all, y'all bougie. Grew up in the suburbs. 
Where am I? <laughs> kindness. Somebody say kindness. Produces salvations and rededications. The kindness produces payback. When you lend to the poor, when you give to the poor, he said, you really have directly given to me. And he said, I will pay you back. The third thing, now go to um, Joshua um, chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Hallelujah. Go to Joshua chapter 2. Look at this real quick. We're going to pick up in verse uh, 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 uh. Joshua 2. Let's pick up in verse uh, 8. Now, my next point is this. Interesting. Not only does kindness produce salvation and rededications, but kindness, it produces payback, but kindness produces kindness. Look at this real quick. Kindness produces kindness. Look at verse 8. It says, now, now, now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. The terror of you has fallen on us that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard, somebody say heard, how the Lord has dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. Now this is Rahab. She's giving them the rundown. She's giving them the download. We heard how the Lord has dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and you came out of Egypt. What you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan of Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone. Isn't it interesting that just because they, what they heard, they lost their courage. Even to the point to where even Rahab was like, I got to take this serious, what these guys are doing. Then it says, uh, 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 because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God. Look at that. Look at this Rahab. Y'all know what she did for a living? Look at this. This woman said, she, look at this. She says, she said, see here. And then it says, I, I, you dried the water red sea for when you came out of Egypt. Then it says, uh, uh, verse 11, it says, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. And because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God. And in heaven, above and on the earth beneath. Then she says, now therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness. Look at that. She said, I, I've shown you kindness that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father. Look at her. She's making a deal. I need you to spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Then it says, so men answer her our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly, somebody say kindly, and truly with you. But look at that. I love that. Verse 12, she said, since I've shown you kindness, you also got to show me kindness. She like, listen, I've shown you kindness. This woman knew Kindness is about to be produced. Because I've stepped out on the limb. I've hid you all. I've shown you kindness. In other words, I I've been friendly. I've been generous. I've been considerate. I've been pleasant. So 
I've shown that to you now. You got to reciprocate that. Amen? And how many know that's what God does? He begins to reciprocate things back in your life. Amen? So this woman, she put it out there. Hey, James 4, 2 says you have not because you ask not. So she puts it out there, and we all know the rest of the story. That, that you know, if you keep reading, they put the cord on her home, the scarlet, which speaks of the blood. They destroy everything in the city. We know she winds up uh, hooking up with one of the guys there and getting married, changing her career. And then when we talk about Hebrews chapter 11, if you reach Hebrews chapter 11, she's mentioned in what we call the hall of faith. I didn't say the hall of fame. But she's a part of the hall of faith. And you can find that in Hebrews. We'll put that up real quick and then we'll move on to the last point. Go to Hebrews 11 and 31. Her name is in there. She is in the hall of faith. By faith. Somebody say by faith. The harlot Rahab did not perish. Just imagine all the people that was living upright. Because not everybody in the city was hoeing. But there was other people that had some integrity, lost their life. But isn't it interesting how he says, my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts aren't your thoughts. He says, my thoughts are above your thoughts. You're going to be surprised who God really used in this last hour. Real talk, man. So it says, by faith, the heart of Rahab did not perish, but those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Boy, she was so used to making deals. She, she made a living making deals. Can I get a witness? But then she was like, I'm about to make a deal that's going to not only spare me, which lets me know she wasn't even selfish. She could have been like, listen, I need y'all to look for me, myself, and I. She said, I don't care what y'all do with my mom and them. I know that ain't good English. <laughs> but this woman looked out for her whole family. And they were all what? Spared. Man, that's a word I believe for somebody. Boy, kindness will spare your life. If you just learn how to be kind to people, kindness will spare your life. Kindness spared her life because everybody else in that city got destroyed, but her and her family. Isn't that interesting? You talking about the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So number one, kindness produces salvations and rededications. It, it produces payback. It produces kindness. It, it also, uh, 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 let's go to here, it produces favor. Go, go to 2 Samuel, uh, uh, 2 Samuel uh, chapter uh, uh, 9. 2 Samuel, and we're almost done. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. It says in verse 1, Now David said, Is there still anyone who's left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, Let's stop right there. If you know anything about the Bible, most of you know that David and, and Jonathan were good friends, best friends, if you will, to the point to where when Saul was attempting to kill David, Jonathan would tell uh, David, he's coming at you, go this way. That's the kind of friendship they had. You don't see that a whole lot to where the son's allegiance is to the friend and not to the dad. Now, you got to remember, typically, you know, you know, because of Saul's disobedience, it messed up the whole lineage. 
Because in actuality, when Saul checked out of here, Jonathan should have been his heir. But God was so fierce, he was done with that whole lineage. Sad, because Jonathan, was, for the most part, was a great guy. And Jonathan showed kindness to David. You can find that, and we're not going to go there, but you can find that. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 12 through 17. Get a chance, look at it. So you see, but in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 12 through 17, you see uh, 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 Jonathan showing kindness to David. So chapters later, here it is, David's that dude now. He's the king. And it says, is there still, in, is there anyone who's left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? And look at this. It didn't say because of Saul, for Jonathan's sake. Because Jonathan showed me so much kindness. Is there anybody left? It says, and there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Zibidah. Then it says, so, so when they had called him to David, uh, the king said uh, to him, are, are you Ziba? And he said, uh, at your service. Then it says, then the king said, is there not still uh, someone of the house of Saul to whom I may uh, show kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there's still a son of Jonathan who was laying in his feet. Now remember, when they were, when, 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 when they were losing momentum back then and David was transitioning in as the king. Remember, the nurse dropped Mephibosheth, and he became lame at five years old. But let's keep reading, because I don't want to get ahead of myself. So he says, um, so the king said to him, well, where is he? And Ziba said the, uh, to the king, indeed, he's in the house of, of America, the son of Amiel and Lebar, Lodabar. The king said, the king, King David sent and brought him out of the house of Merikar, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face, prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, he, and he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness. For Jonathan, there it is right there, your father, for your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of your grandfather and you will eat bread at the table continually somebody say continually <laughs> then he bowed himself and he said what is your servant or what, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I you know what Mephibosheth was saying he said he, when he called himself a dead dog he was saying I am of no value how many of you remember when you was five years old? Just three of y'all? My God in heaven. I'm like, y'all, we need to be a prayer line. Like, when you start remembering it, eight, third grade? How many of y'all remember when you was five? That's better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm about to be up here like, is this me and three other people? My point is that Mephibosheth knew what was going on. He knew that he lost his father. He lost his grandfather. And then he says, I'm a dead dog. In other words, I have no value. What do you want with me? I'm sure David probably sat him down and had a conversation with him about how his dad sold, not just sold, but showed, sold and showed kindness to David. 
and it allowed him to begin to sit at the king's table even though he was lame in his feet. So he says, I'm a dead dog. Then it says, and the king uh, uh, called to Zibbeth of the Saul's servant and said to him, I've given your master's uh, son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. Now drop down to verse 11. Then Zibbeth of the king, according to all uh, that my lord king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was uh, Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Zibbidah uh, were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually. Say somebody say continually one more time. At the king's table, and he was lame in both feet. Look at this picture. Here it is. Jonathan is in his grave dead. But because some things that he sold and that he showed it literally protected his son. Because you got to remember, if you really read the Bible, when, they, when Saul died, Jonathan died, they went to even Rispa's house, which was one of Saul's concubines, and killed all three of her sons. And the Bible says that she stayed there. She didn't allow the, the, the birds by air and the, the different creatures back then to even eat them away until they got a proper burial. Because back then, they didn't play. They killed everybody. Y'all know how it was in the Old Testament? If one, the dad messed up, they killing everybody. Remember the one gentleman, um, um, the widow lady, she said, the creditors are coming, and she went to Elijah, she said, you know my man, my husband feared God and served you? And then he said, well, what you got in the house? Because the creditors were coming. They did things a little different back then. Now they come and repo your car and foreclose on your house. Back then, we coming for your kids. Things were a little different. Don't you, aren't you glad we didn't grow up back then? You can be on the playground. If your daddy did something wrong, they coming to get you. And you're like, I ain't even do nothing. I've been showing kindness. I've been walking in love. I've been learning my ABCs. One, two, three. But you will lose your head behind something that your father did. Oh, I'm glad I was born in 1971. Haba, Shaba. <laughs> but again, kindness will cause you, kindness produces favor. Look at the favor that he had. This lame man who could barely walk was continually eating at the king's table, which tells me that if me and you continue to operate in the spirit of kindness, that we will continue to eat at the king's table. Well, pastor, you know what? I'm lame in some areas. Listen, all of us got a lame. In other words, we all got issues that we're trying to keep in check. But the point is this, that there's still room at the king's table. That's why me and you have to continue to operate in the spirit of kindness because you don't know you can be dead in your grave and because you was kind to somebody and then somebody will be kind to your grandchild because they remember how you were kind to them. Look at your neighbor and say, kindness pays off. So I encourage you, listen, you need to be kind to everybody you come across because you never know when you're going to need them. Mm, kindness pays off. You know, it's interesting. Can I give you a bad case in point? This is kind of a bad case in point, and I'm going to close. <laughs> I remember this gentleman that I used to go to another church with. 
He was over the camera ministry, video ministry. And, you know, Kingdom was probably four or five years old. And I ran into him at a bank, you know, and I just said, hey, man, how you doing? He just blew right by me. And then word got back to me. He says, well, the pastor over there told him not to have conversation with you because of how you left the church four or five years ago. And I'm like, okay, so you then took on the pastor's offense. You know, and so he just, and then, but then two years after that, he got fired from over there. And guess who he called for a job? And guess what? I said, no. <laughs> but if you would have been kind to me, if you just would have, I didn't say we needed to leave the bank and go and have a cup of coffee. If you just would have said hi, you would have had a job. Because why? His work was phenomenal. But I said, you know what? Because of how he disrespected me, I'm not going to have you up in here getting money from this church. The people's hard-earned money going to somebody. You couldn't even be kind to me. Oh, I said it was going to be a bad case in point. I warned y'all. If he just would have been like, hey. That brother would have been getting a nice little salary. But you know what? Two years after that, I ran into him at a funeral. And he apologized. Remember that? And I forgot. I said, man, we good. But you missed your window of opportunity. And now he's walking around here bitter. So it pays off to be kind. Can I give you a better example? When my dad was in Louisiana finishing up seminary, I was getting ready to be a freshman. So my mom and dad thought it would be an ideal thing because my dad knew once he got his seminary degree in Louisiana, they were going to move back to Arizona and start a church. So my mom and dad moved me in with my uncle here in Phoenix. And so I moved in with my uncle. Okay, so I'm with my uncle, lived with him for my whole freshman year. Okay, my uncle's now dead, but my uncle showed me so much kindness. I mean, he was kind to me. He was good to me. He treated me like he treated his two sons and his daughter. You understand what I'm saying? He even probably treated me even better than he treated them. Because I'm, my, my uncle, that was my mom's big brother. So he looked after me. And so he's gone on to be with the Lord, but his granddaughter called me. And she needed some financial help. She needed to go to the mall. Remember? She needed some other things too. And guess what? It was a no-brainer because of how my dead uncle showed me kindness. I couldn't be like, hmm, I don't know. It was a no-brainer because it was sold. Because kindness produces. Let's keep walking in kindness, church. Come on, give God a hand praise in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God.